0: Hey, Christy. Yeah, Karen. How do you fix a sliced tomato? With tomato paste. Yes!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy, a backyard gardener from Colorado. These days, gardening has gotten very popular, and my friends and I have noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips, a fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong.
2: Upside Down Tulips
1: Hello gardeners. And wannabe gardeners. And people who love tomatoes. I love tomatoes. And BLTs. Mm. And tomato sauce.
0: And tomato soup.
1: Yes. Yes. Friends, we're talking about tomatoes today.
0: All day. yes, right.
1: <laughs> but first, we should let people know, because it's
0: June, it's National Rose Month. It is natural natu- What? Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, you got it. It is National Rose Month, and I looked up, you know, how you send people specific colors for specific reasons? Uh-huh. So, the red is love and passion, mm. orange is energy and desire. That makes sense. Doesn't it? yellow is friendship and joy lavender is wonder and enchantment ooh i like that yeah pink is sweetness and elegance and white is young love and innocence
1: ah so i guess
0: a- i won't use white flowers
1: yeah, we're beyond white those, roses huh? right ever. yeah yeah those days are, are past
0: us karen long gone
1: <laughs> <laughs> also coming up is a national garden exercise day
0: which i think gardening
1: is Right. Very,
0: you know, it, it all depends on what it is that you're doing. But anytime I'm out in the oh, garden.
1: I've been working so hard in the garden. I've just been sore the next day. It's
0: so true. And sometimes you're sore in places you didn't even know existed <laughs> before. It's like, how, how is the outside of my pinky Right. Sore right yes. now. Yeah, it's ridiculous. There's a lot of squatting and gardening too. Squatting. There most certainly <laughs> is. If you pull weeds when you're on your knees, that's yeah. you can do some oblique twists. Nice. If you go from side to side, it's good
1: stuff. Uh, coming up is weed your garden day.
0: And again, I think you should do it more than just that one day. <laughs> just right. gonna yeah, make sure everybody knows trouble. that. Yeah. Oh, watch out. Yeah. Because they, they come up fast. I've been weeding a lot. Have you really? Yeah. Well, they've yeah. been easy. Yeah, we have all this beautiful, nice
1: afternoon rains have been coming into the Denver metro area.
0: Oh, it's so lovely. Yeah, but
1: lovely, lovely time pulling up stuff. It's been great. Yeah. Um, fresh and then finally, friends, fresh veggie day, June 16th.
0: And again, I think you should eat those more than just on that one day. <laughs> yeah, they need, a, they need a month. I mean, maybe even more than yeah. that. I'm a big fan of the fresh vegetable. Are you
1: eating any fresh veggies out of your
0: garden right Not now? Not yet. We don't have any fruit yet. Oh.
1: I've got some lettuce and some romaine that actually overwintered. So we had a salad of it today.
0: How lovely. So that's nice. And of course, I have chives happening. Oh, chives are always happening. Yeah. Chives are the happen, happening guys in garden. I was going to ask, do you need chives? No, no. Oh, okay. I don't All need right. any chives. Chives. Okay, we have a lot of chives. Okay, they are they they are our <laughs> dependable volunteers every year. They're I just, just may have to put them in my front yard and say free and see who takes them. <laughs> I bet you would get some people that would. I'm going to try it. Yeah, do it.
1: Well, beside that, Karen, how else is your garden going?
0: The garden is looking really beautiful, and we started these sunflowers from seed. Which now have like little plants coming up. Oh, nice. So I'm thinking, you know, I would imagine within a couple months, hopefully we'll get some sunflowers. What kind of sunflowers did you plant? You know, just the really big, giant ones. (gasps) Yes, I love those. I do too. During the pandemic, we got what I called the magical sunflower. It was, we didn't plant it, Mm. it was literally in the middle of our garden and it had about 26 heads on Ooh, it. Oh, nice. Oh, it was so gorgeous. It was so beautiful. I called it our magical sunflower. I love that. It was magic. What do you do when they fall over? Um, well, I pick them back up and okay, apologize. did right. <laughs> <And> Apologize. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, usually, you know, I'll just take them down mm. and then shake out the seeds mm-hmm. if the squirrels haven't gotten to them all by then. Yeah. And then you can, of course, you know, roast those seeds up and that's... A fantastic little treat.
1: I never get that far. It's always
0: just a big bird feeder and squirrel feeder. Yeah, same, same. It's the same with my cherry tree. It's like, what? oh, there's two cherries. They're gone. They're gone. <laughs> <laughs> They're all gone. Well,
1: I'm impressed that you got your sunflowers planted. I just planted my sunflowers last week, and so
0: nothing's come up. Nothing's yet, so, come up yet. Yeah. I was so excited I'm when I saw them. Everything just popping up. We also have an interesting celery volunteer. That you know, we 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 planted some celery last year, and when Mitch was going out there, he was like, "Isn't this parsley?" He was like, "That's not parsley. That's celery." Mm. And you can see the stalk just above the 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 level of the soil. So I'm like, "How long do we leave it for?" Do you know the the yeah. leaves are huge. I you, and
1: of course we all know that leaves are edible.
0: Yes, are great oh, in and they're soup. so delicious
1: and salads going until you figure out like. You can always try nibbling it. You know what I mean? Like just try tasting yeah. the stock and see if it tastes good and then you can harvest just it. Harvest it. Yeah. I did plant celery. I winter sowed it in my milk jugs by seed.
0: Yes. And
1: so I would say right now my celery is maybe an an eighth of
0: an inch tall. Oh gosh, that's exciting <laughs> so though. We'll see what Isn't it? it, it? Does. They're yeah, gonna be cool. great. Oh god, it's gonna be great.
1: Well, last we chatted, you said you were gonna get all your, your veggies and your tomatoes in
0: we did we did yeah we were just missing a couple of a couple of veg that we still want to plant that said we've got most of our goodies in and everything looked really beautiful and sturdy in addition to that we planted some cannabis that we haven't done before (laughs) and we were told by a friend of ours to treat them just like tomato plants Get out. So we even intersperse them with our tomato plants so that they have the same trellis that they nice. can go up. Yeah, we'll see well, what happens. In
1: the state of Colorado, every backyard you can grow. What is it? Is it eight plants? I think per it's a eight. Adult? Yeah,
0: yeah, which so. is
1: pretty great. Oh, I'm excited to see how those turn out. Me too. Just Who knows? We've never done it. Of
0: it. Yeah, totally. What, and we put a couple in different places to see, you know, how that might. Uh huh. Shape out. We'll did see. you
1: buy? Did you get it from seed, or did you buy little plants? No, we bought little plants. Where'd you get the plants
0: at? Oh gosh, what was the name of that place? Some
1: little, some little place S- that sells. Some little
0: shop that has them. Yeah, Legal, I want to say it is.
1: Okay, yeah, well, that's exciting. Oh, I, it's very I'm, exciting. We want updates on that. You better believe it for sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, I got my vegetable garden in. Yes, finally. Gosh, it just took me forever because I had that. Sewer repair oh, that I went know. right through my vegetable garden. Oh, so I gosh. had to fix all of that before oh. I could even plant. And Christy, it's so much. It's so much. my handsome and handy husband helped fix it all up. Thank goodness. But you can really tell the area that it is because in my other part of my garden, my soil is like dark brown and <laughs> black and fluffy Gorgeous. and beautiful. Yeah. And on this part of the garden... It looks like, you know, melted chocolate ice cream. It just looks, I don't know, like light chocolate. It's so sad. It's so sad. So we'll kind of see how
0: everything goes in there. How large of a swath is that of your garden?
1: Uh, Well, my vegetable garden is 14 by 40 feet, and this was about half of it. Oh, gosh. So. Oh, gosh. That's where all the tomatoes are going this year, so we'll see how they do. We'll see how they do. So. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll kind of see. I do have something exciting to share though Karen. Oh yes, please. I um we did an episode about maybe 2 years ago about bindweed which okay. is a notorious weed that is very prolific and terrible in the western part of the United States pretty much
0: all over the United States. Do you get bindweed in your yard? I'm certain we probably do. And look- Go ahead. It describe like it to me. looks like little baby uh, morning glories. Yes. And they strangle things.
1: Yes. Yeah. The roots can go down three feet.
2: Wow. And they can
1: spread six feet. And they have evidence of seeds germinating after thousands of years.
0: That's, That's like very
1: hard to get rid of.
0: pretty obscene. The
1: Really, one of the for sure ways to do it is with Roundup, which we try not to use- No, no, no. Achy in awful. our yard- and so, but I signed up at the Colorado Extension office for a bindweed mite. Ooh. And it is going to be arriving in a couple of weeks. That's exciting. So this is a, um, it's a microscopic mite that will uh, lay its eggs on bindweed and then cause the plant to shrivel up and die. Wow. Um, it, it'll reduce flowering and stunt the growth of stems. And then this little mite will also overwinter on the root buds and emerge again with the spring growth, so it'll kill it again. Wow. And then when you see it happening on other little pieces of bindweed, you can move the plant over like a little vine of it and have it touch some healthy bindweed, and the mites
0: will go on to that. How fabulous is this? I love the idea of just a natural exterminator something that is a predator of that specific yeah. plant.
1: And it's supposed
0: to take years. Wow. So I'm beginning
1: a process. Wow. of trying to get rid of. I have certain patches of it and I just just pull it and pull it and pull it. Right. That's but all I I'm do. Hoping, that's all I do with it. I'm hoping this will eradicate it. So wow. that'll be my great science experiment. Oh my gosh, that's and so exciting. Do you know how much it cost? 3.99. <laughs> It's free, except I have to pay for the FedEx shipping of it.
0: That's it? Yeah. Well, and it's microscopic, so that can only be about, what, 0. 0.2 cents? Yeah. I don't know what it's going to look like because I can't see it if it's microscopic. <laughs> so what am I getting? You are getting a vial of air. <laughs> I might be. It might be a great... <laughs> well, and how do you know... Uh, do they give you instructions in yeah, terms they of give how to like put it on? Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So I'll, I mean, I'll report back on. How, oh my gosh, how I'm so, on, so interested
0: in this experiment. I can't wait.
1: Yeah, be yeah, very thrilled, and we'll put a link in the show notes on how you too. It's called Rent a Bug from the state of Colorado. <laughs> if you're from the state of Colorado and you want to figure out how to get, they have other ones too. Other, you know, other bugs that can that will kill other plants. Oh my stories. gosh, I love this. And check your own state because the, you, your own state may have this. Also, so check your extension. Rent a bug. I'm okay. all for it. Well, uh, before we jump into tomatoes, we want to thank everybody who's a member of our garden party. We really appreciate it. This means folks uh, send us a couple bucks a month so we can offset the uh, costs of the the podcast, um, our our big expensive <laughs> lunches that we take,
0: <laughs> right? Our tours of the vineyards.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Um, and so, if you want to become a member of the Garden Party, all you need to do is, just do is click on the link in the show notes, and uh, to help support the podcast. And and depending upon what level you're at, you can also get some fun rewards like seeds from our gardens, or we also have upside down tulips merchandise.
0: The like- mug, I'm a big fan of the mug. Oh,
1: thanks, I Karen. Love it. I love it. Mug, t-shirts, notebooks, tote bags, and if there's anything that we talk about that you don't understand, what we're what we're talking about please check out the informative and sometimes amusing Upside Down Dictionary on our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. What's next, Karen? Oh, I think we should have a pot play. Oh, yes! Won't that be fun? How about a brand new pod play? Folks, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, almost since the very beginning, Karen has starred as the infamous squirrel Of the garden. And now here we have the squirrel's ode to a tomato. Ode to
2: Tomato. There is nothing more satisfying than your first bite, a red and ripe wee gardener's delight. Long awaited atop fences watching grow, you beautiful juicy tomato. What's this hanging from this vine? A luscious divine brandy wine. Don't mind if I do. (laughs) I'm not driving. (laughs) And on your nectar I'm far more than surviving. Better boy, if you ask me, you're the best. Your delectable liquid running down my chest. oh, <gasps> Bright like the sun, I see a yellow pear. My love, my life, oh, mon cher. The plums, the cherries, the San Marzano. I adore you all so much, you gorgeous tomatoes. Why, early girl, my dear, you are late. Your fruit and I have a long-awaited date. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Stripey. Boy, it's good to meet you. How scrumptious you are and so cute, too. And here, all together, something you rarely see. A moneymaker, a hillbilly, and a celebrity. The colors of the rainbow were all here in this garden. Green zebra, Caspian pink, and Cherokee purple, I beg your pardon. Old tomatoes dewy and glistening after much needed rain. And did you know that Valencia's not just an orange from Spain? A mortgage lifter, oh, if only that were true. And sweet million, I'd gladly pay that for a nibble or few. Beefsteak, you're a sturdy, handsome lot. One morsel of your meat makes me besought. (gasps) Ah, Roma, ah, Roma, how very good you smell. You are ready for me, or a caprese, I can tell. (gasps) But soft, what light from yonder window breaks? It is Juliet, a beautiful grape for whom my heart aches. One first and soul's sublime bite of each. So drunk on delight, I fear I'm slurring my speech. Back up the fence and to the neighbors I go to see if perhaps they too grow the tomato.
1: Okay, let's talk tomatoes 2023. I love tomatoes. Well, Friends, if you want to know a lot more about tomatoes, check out episode six, which is called Tomatoes, How to Plant Plump Things with a Navel. Great (laughs) title. Or episode 52, What's the Matter with My Tomatoes? (laughs) BLT help is here. Um, And Karen and I are going to tell you about stuff that's brand new in the tomato world. And we're also going to share with you what we're planting in our gardens this summer and why. I love it. What's, what's newsy about tomatoes this year, Karen?
0: Well, you sent a fabulous article about these um, traditionally grape growers that were in Italy that then transformed part of their – I mean, it was a good half of their acreage, I believe, um, into these tomato vines. They had to like sort of reconfigure everything mm-hmm. to be able to d- transform the space but they, were, they found themselves at like a, a, a disadvantage because they were only growing one varietal of grape mm. that had sort of said, screw this, we're out of here, which as we know, they do that sometimes.
1: Yes. Yeah, so you got to have variety as you plant gardens. And of course, with climate change, things are getting too hot
0: in Italy to grow grapes. Isn't that kind of terrifying <laughs> it in is. a lot of ways, people? Let's really think about that for a second. Yeah, that's they, really sad and scary.
1: They're gonna start growing uh, champagne grapes in Scandinavia because it's too hot in France. My
0: goodness, my so, goodness! So
1: they're have to resorting to yeah, growing tomatoes, having more variety in their fields, and so uh, that could be an interesting combination of grapes and tomatoes. Yeah,
0: Italian wise, huh? Completely. <laughs> well, I loved I love Italian tomatoes, Karen so much.
1: Here's some more news. Yes. Tomatonews.com said that researchers in Israel report that stressed tomato plants emit high frequency sounds that carry information that can be heard by insects and animals. Okay, what is the information? (laughs) They they are, I guess, what they're doing (laughs) is they are screaming that they have either water scarcity or some kind of injury.
0: Oh, my, these poor screaming tomatoes. (laughs)
1: And apparently, these sounds are detected by nearby little critters and creatures like bats or, or rodents or insects, and possibly even to other plants that can hear their frequencies and, you know, take that
0: information. And what do they do with that information? Like, does it deter these bats? Does yeah. it deter these, you know, insects and things from these poor screaming tomatoes? Or do they go to their aid? <laughs> Um, or maybe they're just writing research papers. Maybe they are. <laughs> they're just like, let's listen. Just stay there and listen. I know it sounds distressing, but just listen to the tomatoes. Yeah. That is so fascinating. That I know. is so fascinating.
1: I know. So, does that mean that our tomatoes are actually communicating with the
0: squirrels? I would imagine they are, and they need to communicate differently. Right? We need to have a conversation with our tomatoes. About how they're talking to the squirrels.
1: If you're going to take a bite out of a tomato, will you just eat the whole thing? Just
0: eat the whole thing. Why are you so wasteful? Why are you so (laughs) awful and wasteful? You just leave carcasses all in your wake. It's horrendous. Yeah. Squirrels. Just just terrible, terrible. Terrible, awful, awful things. I also think that's really interesting too when you think about stress, that it Mm. has to do with you know, the conditions that they are in. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's an important thing for us to remember as gardeners is, you know, what condition our plants are in yes, how they are sort of, you know, non-verbally communicating to us. Or if you can hear the frequency, will you please give us a, a an email, shoot <laughs> right. us something oh so gosh, that we can have a nice little in-depth conversation with you and what hearing aid, brand you actually use because i think that would be fascinating
1: maybe someday they will configure something that we can actually hear the the plants wouldn't
0: that be incredible that would be cool can they do that with whales right <laughs> you know yeah. i want to know what they're talking about i would love to know them um, and dolphins yeah there's got to be some sort well, of a google translate for and that and i heard there? the
1: trees do that too
0: that they communicate. The trees
1: communicate with each other it, 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 through the roots underground, and so they can say, like, um, "Here's a here's a bug that's investing this community." So other trees know, like, "Oh, watch out!" And then they can send out some sort of protective something.
0: Wow, I love it. I love it, yeah. and I think I think this might be the only use for AI that we have. Why don't we just mm-hmm. just develop AI? To, to, to translate our tomatoes, yeah. our tomatoes, perhaps the other, you know, plants as well, <laughs> as well as the trees. Mm-hmm. I would also like to, to hear from my dogs. I don't want to hear from my cat. I don't think I'd like <laughs> what she was saying, but I would like, you know, maybe this is the function for AI. Maybe instead of destroying our civilization as we know it mm-hmm. with AI, we might actually be able to enhance it. Learn how to talk to tomatoes. Let's learn. Right. I would love to. I would take a course in tomatoese <laughs> easily.
1: You could become fluent in I could become fluent. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> I could go all over the world. I could go talk to those gardeners in uh, Italy.
1: There we go. There it is. Perfect. Yep.
0: Go tell them what their tomatoes need.
1: Well, Karen, do you grow your tomatoes by seed or do you buy them?
0: We typically buy them. Me too. Little babies. Yeah. I, I've i um, never tried tomato by seed. It's tough. You're doing like, you're yeah. doing one, aren't you? You're wild, <laughs> try, wacky try. gal. You're just doing I it. I
1: tried to do by seed. I don't know if it's going to. If I get any fruit off of these black creme by seed, I think the the plant right now is about two inches
0: tall. So. It's going to do great.
1: Oh, okay. I have a good
0: feeling about him. Is well, he in the? Is he in the sewage wake? area though? Yes. Okay. Well, that might not help.
1: Yeah, that's right. I know. I'm not not setting him up for success. Uh, But if friends, if you were buying tomatoes from a garden center, here are some tips on how to get a really good plant. Oh, I love that. First of all, can I just say,
0: I recommend you go to your neighborhood garden center and not a big box store. Oh yes, please. Will you please? And not only do you get something that's typically been harvested out of somebody else's garden Mm. you're also helping to support small business Mm. yay and they're typically cheaper yes
1: and somebody's taking care of them better
0: yes because because they love them yes they're not just one of a of 200 they're trying to learn how to talk to the tomato (laughs)
1: that's right yes (laughs) uh Look for healthy green plants that have four to six leaves on sturdy, straight stems. Yes. So sometimes, if you go to those big box stores, you'll see them all kind of curly, cuey. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Or
0: wilted. Mm, mm-hmm. They look
1: wilted a lot to me in the big stores. Uh, check the stem of the tomato plant for any signs of brown streaks or general brown tint in the color of the stem. Huh?
0: <clears throat> Does yeah. that indicate just green. something
1: something weak? Or yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, it could be bad. Um, check for signs of insects or disease. Yes. Like brown spots, holes, or curling. I guess that just makes total sense. Yes, completely. But still good to say. Of course. I buy young plants. Yes, me too. I'm not saying, you know, like buy the teeniest thing you can find, but try to buy plants that are about Four to eight
0: inches tall. Yes, I think that's really good advice. Anytime after that, I find that they have a difficult time adhering to the soil that you have. Mm-hmm. I find that they take so much easier the the smaller yeah. that they are.
1: And then, I'd, last, I would just say is like check the soil in the container, and make sure it isn't dried out. Yes, uh, do a little poking because if it's really dried out, it may be a sign that that plant hasn't been properly watered.
0: That is very true.
1: Uh, what do you like to plant with your tomatoes? Karen, do you do any companion planting? You
0: know, we do some companion planting, um, and some of it was kind of unbeknownst to us, right? We have our volunteer chives, which we spoke about, the Mm -hmm. hardy, fabulous chives. Those are companions to um, the tomatoes because aphids don't like the way they smell. Oh, so yeah, keep aphids off of everything, please. Always, do they have an invisible mite for that? Because (laughs) I I need (laughs) one that gets rid of aphids. you um we also have our basil really close to our tomato which is a companion plant and i love that so much cuz they go together so well so outside not only they of go the garden and in recipes they're best friends in the garden too and um also lettuce is a companion plant but i just learned this and I love it because they keep the base of the soil nice and cool and wet as opposed to, you know, how tomatoes can sometimes get weighted down there mm, at the mm, bottom. Mm, mm-hmm. It helps them to just have their base soil just stay nice and cool and wet. Oh,
1: I love that. So underneath the tomato yes, plant. you, you can, can plant. have
0: lettuce.
1: That makes total sense. I know.
0: I love it. I don't know why I didn't do it before this, but maybe I should. Um, also, don't plant some things next year, tomatoes. Uh-huh. Do not plant. Plant, any other nightshades, like such as eggplant, Uh-oh. they need the same nutrients <laughs> so they'll be fighting oh, not against next each to you, other. Nearby is okay. Nearby is fine. Okay, all right. You don't want them right next I to your tomatoes. nearby. You, they're fine nearby. Okay, good. Okay, good. But don't keep them right next to them and also no plants in the brassica or the cabbage family so no no broccoli no cabbage (laughs) nothing like that because again they're they're competing is that
1: cauliflower too it is cauliflower too
0: so you know as those those because the stalks of the broccoli and the cabbage and the cauliflower are very hardy those are some intense plants And so you don't want them anywhere near your tomatoes. Again, they're competing for those same nutrients. Okay. And the tomatoes are sweet, delicate, little lovely things. So they'll have a really hard time getting the nutrients they need if you have those brassicas nearby.
1: Well, I have broccoli and I have cabbage on the other side of the garden. But I have in the middle of all my tomato plants, Karen, I have planted cauliflower. Oh, no. So I just have to be
0: careful of the nutrients. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And make sure that- your sweet little tomatoes don't get sucked dry by that cauliflower. Okay. Because they'll zap it from underneath. Okay. And nobody wants that. All right. Another one that was interesting to me was dill. Don't plant dill. Oh, no. Dill.
2: <laughs> oh, no, Christy, no. <laughs> oh, no. We should have right. done this weeks ago.
1: Oh, no,
0: Karen. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, I'll show you. Like, in the corner, I have planted some dill. I bet it's going to be fine. Dill okay. is pretty... Okay. I you know, Dill's fine. It's not as hearty and and obtrusive okay. as the sweet. brassica family. Well I
1: hope everyone else is finding this as educational as I have. I
0: certainly have as well. My goodness. <laughs> I need to learn to talk to the tomatoes.
1: Yeah, if I could talk to the tomatoes, then I would know how they feel about that cauliflower. Exactly.
0: Maybe it's going to be fine. We don't know.
1: Yeah. We're going to talk to those tomatoes. Well, let's have another pop play. And when we come back, we'll talk about everything that we've planted in our tomato towns. Love
3: it. Here we are ringside in Madison Square Garden, New York, New York, for the boxing event of the decade the match between two tomatoes to determine who is the world heavyweight tomato champ. In this corner of the ring, we have the current world champ weighing in at 8.39 pounds, the Big Zack Tomato. He has fought and beaten the big boy, the better boy, and the beefsteak. Is bigger better, Betty? By God, Bobby, you better believe it. Big Zach's challenger in the other corner is a Titan tomato grown from the seed of the Guinness World Record holder for the heaviest tomato ever, grown by Dan McCoy of Ely, Minnesota, and weighing in at 8.2 pounds, it's Titan the third. And they're off. They're rolling around in the ring and Titan connects with a combination of a jab, right cross and left hook to the stem. Oh, that's gotta hurt. Now Big Zack comes back with a jab across, a left uppercut, and a punch to the navel. But that's below the belt! No, Bobby, there are no belts on boxing tomatoes. Oh, look at Titan, he's as badly shaken as a bottle of clotted ketchup. Now Titan has Big Zack in the corner, and this is getting ugly. There's tomato juice and seeds flying everywhere. And before we have nothing but tomato soup up there, the ref has called it a draw. Thoughts, Bobby? Well, Betty, I'm a gardener, and I know that good things can come in small packages. So you don't have to grow the biggest just as long as you grow something. You're a winner in the ring of life.
0: I have all my tomatoes in the earth. I love it. What do do you-, you do too? Yes, I do. What do you have? What do you
1: plant? Well, I think we should start off with, I think every garden always needs a cherry tomato.
0: Could not agree more. They're one of the first, I think, to come to fruit, mm-hmm. which is always lovely. And like, yeah. it's always so uh, inspiring and also like hopefully an omen of the things to come. You know, like they just come up earlier and they're they ready. They're so delicious just right off the vine. They're very easy to grow. Yes, Agreed. Now there are different kinds of cherry tomatoes. What kind do you like to? There's build? a lots of different kinds yeah. of cherry tomatoes. You know, this one I think we just got a. God, I don't even know that I was specific around it. Oh. We just have a cherry tomato. Ger- up there. Generic cherry tomato. Just, just your standard run of the mill, fabulously delicious cherry tomato. Well, I usually get the super sweet 100. Oh, those are delicious. Which is not to be
1: confused with the super 100. This is the super sweet 100 because it has even more cherry tomatoes on it. Delicious and fabulous. The bush that I have um, can get, can you, are you ready for this, Karen? Yeah. Can get 500 cherry tomatoes on it. What? What? If you take care of it well. Wow.
0: That's incredible. (laughs) So I would say get one cherry tomato, friends. Agreed. I think they make plenty of fruit. You don't need any yeah. more than that
1: but they also do really well in containers do they yeah yeah look for something that says patio okay in the in the term friend so and when you're when you're buying your plant like a patio cherry tomato and they That's could be really great well so fabulous container. what a wonderful idea uh cherry tomatoes are uh, usually an indeterminate tomato they just can't decide or to <laughs> <try>. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just means that um, they will continually a uh, flower and produce fruit throughout the summer. A determinant tomato plant will set all at once. Right. So you'll have everything will flower, everything will, you'll have all the tomatoes all, all the at fruit, once. and then that's it. But indeterminate means it's like throughout the summer. Oh, it's
0: so lovely. It's the so, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, I love a good cherry tomato. Oh my gosh, me too. And and this
1: past year, I made tomato jam out of my extra.
0: I was fortunate enough to be on the receiving end of said tomato jam <laughs> I put it on a beautiful charcuterie plate with some homemade bread that I made with little toast points oh my god it was so good nice that oh. and a really sharp cheddar. hello nice. hello yeah oh good it was so good okay good
1: um do you oh do you do an early girl also?
0: you know um, we didn't do an early girl no we really? have we did not this year uh-uh. I usually
1: always do an early girl. Just or a 4th of July, one or the other. Yes.
0: 4th of Julys are great too. This
1: year I did an early girl. I love it. Which is a kind of a medium size globe type. Um, and it's based on a hybrid tomato that actually originally came from France. Um, and it's a, and this is a hybrid tomato, an early girl. So it's not an heirloom
0: tomato. Right. But that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Not all, not all tomatoes are, you know... I, I don't like to disparage the hybrids.
1: Me either. <laughs>
0: because they're just as delicious.
1: Yeah. They'll be more resistant to fungus and diseases. That is
0: very true. So That is very true. That's all
1: really nice to have. You know, an early girl is also really great for if you do dry farming which is what they're doing now in California. Have you ever heard about dry farming? You know, really vaguely. I don't know that much about it. Um, it's a technique of not watering after you transplant, forcing the roots to grow deeper and spread out moisture, producing apparently a concentrated flavor huh. in the fruits
0: and at the same time saving water. How interesting. I'm scared to do it. Yeah. I'm terrified by that. <laughs> like you're going to kill the plant. I would yeah. be up at night thinking about it. I would mm-hmm. be like, that plant's not going to live. Yeah. I killed that plant.
1: Yeah. I just be like I'm I'm out there watering every other
0: day those tomato plants. I mean, come on. Don't yeah. they
1: need it? Yeah. Especially when you transplant? I don't of know. Of
0: course. If anybody
1: out there does it, will you please write in and tell oh, us how it Oh, please do
0: because I'm so curious. And if you learned that information from talking to your tomato <laughs> and understanding what it said. <laughs> That's right. I would like to We'd know like that to know even that. more. <laughs> even more. That's please. right.
1: See, if you could talk to your tomato, then then this dry farming thing could
0: work. It, that could work. Yeah. Yeah. I'm assuming you have aroma in there. We okay. have two. Oh, two? Romas. I love the Romas so much that we have two Romas because they're kind of fabulous. Um and
1: sometimes aroma would be a a determinant. Correct. As, are yours determinant? You know,
0: I think they might be. I bet they are. It's sort of like the fruit all happens at once. all worst. happens at one time, yeah. yeah. Definitely the ones that we had last year were determinant. because we got all the fruit and then they were gone. Oh, and what do you do with them? I can them. Mm. So I, you know, blanch them for like two minutes and not even two minutes mm-hmm. in that hot boiling water, mm-hmm. shock them in some cold ice, peel off the skins, chop them up, put them in a jar.
1: I love canning.
0: I do too. And it's great when you, you know- when it comes October or November <laughs> right, and you're like, oh, I'm sad, I don't have a garden. Then you're like, but I still have tomatoes from I my garden. I like don't cleanup afterwards, though. That's just a mess. No, it's a huge mess. I can't yeah. stand really kind of any process of it. It's a lot, but but it's well worth it <laughs> right. for what you get on the backside. Romas are so great for sauce. Oh, they're perfect for sauce. I love them in salads. Mm. I prefer them on mm. burgers. I, I just love Romas. I love the size of them. See, and I'm a funny tomato person. I'm the first to admit it. I don't like squishy tomatoes. I'm very specific mm. about my texture of tomato. Mm. And to me, Romas have the perfect texture. They're nice and, you know, they're not as beefy as a, as a beefsteak, but they're still really nice and hearty tomatoes that aren't going to lose their shape. You don't have to worry about the seeds. Exactly. And I the can't skin. Skin can eat the, the skin. seedy goo. Seedy goo. <laughs> Wow, I can't eat it. Isn't that awful? It's such a texture thing for me. I'm like, I can't do it. I can't you do know,
1: it. I get a skin allergy from tomatoes. Do you really? So if I'm on a high risk, I have to wear gloves or when I'm canning, I have to wear gloves because my hands get all itchy. Oh
0: my goodness. That's awful. Yeah. So. You know, I wonder if I have a similar thing when it comes to squash. Mm. You know, when I'm making like butternut squash, uh-huh. gnocchi, if I'm cutting the butternut squash, my hands get really itchy. Interesting. Huh. Huh. I wonder if they make a an invisible mite for that. <laughs> well, I have to ask. Maybe they do. I don't know, Karen. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, what other tomatoes do you like to grow? San Marzano's. Ah. The beautiful, fantastic San Marzano. And I use those for my sauce mostly.
1: And is that a good sized tomato? Oh,
0: they're beautiful size. They're like a medium sized globe. Okay. And gotcha. they're just the most beautiful tomatoes in the whole wide world. And they have, I don't know, there's just a lovely sort of velvety texture that they can give to your sauces. Mm. There's like a really simple, simple marinara sauce f- using San Marzano's. You only need two, like maybe two pounds of San Marzano's. You, you blanch them, mm-hmm. just like I said, you boil them, and then you, you shock them in that cold ice water, peel them, chop them up, put some olive oil, probably about a quarter cup of olive oil on the, on the stove, and put your San Marzano's in there, put about 8 to 27 cloves of garlic, mm. depending on your, you know, you do you, do you. a little <laughs> pinch of chili flakes, like red chili flakes, mm. some salt and pepper, you're good to go. Add it to your favorite pasta. What's your favorite pasta? Oh, well,
1: um, I also have, I love taking the tomatoes just straight out. I would add into that recipe, Karen. Yeah. I would add uh, some parsley. Oh, yes, for sure. And some couple splashes of red wine. Love it. um, And maybe
0: some mushrooms. Yeah, for sure. some umami flavor. If you're into that fungi. You can do that. <laughs> yeah, I am into I'm, the fun guy. I'm a huge fan of fresh basil, too. So just topping mm, all that off mm-hmm. with some fresh basil is happy-making, happy-making food.
1: What about uh, big boy or better boy tomatoes?
0: I love those. And for sandwiches, there's nothing better. There is nothing better. We've got, I believe, a better boy in our garden, too.
1: That is what I have also, a yeah. better boy, which, friends, is an improvement over the big boy. The Big Boy was created by Burpee in 1949. It's the first hybrid tomato. How interesting. However, the Better Boy is preferred over the Big Boy because it's a bit more disease resistant. Interesting. And, and it's also better. And It I've just had says some, it is. I've had some fungus. And so I'm trying to not... Not have fungus. Yeah. I'm trying to not have fungus. Yeah. Though I have... Some people say a Big Boy tastes better than a Better Boy. Interesting. That's so a little sweeter. And the Better Boy is a little bit more tart.
0: See, and I kind of like the tartness of the, okay. I, and I guess I like the tartness too in my sandwiches. I like that kind of, yeah. I hate tart. That, that,
1: yeah. Um, there's a better boy plant that set a Guinness World Book of Records by producing more than 340 pounds of tomatoes from a single plant.
0: Whoa, from one plant! Yeah,
1: yeah a better boy is going to be bigger than a big boy, which doesn't make any sense. No, how is that? I mean, but you can get a 16 pound tomato off of a better boy. So I'm
0: sorry, one tomato. Is 16 pounds? Ounces, sorry. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. Ounces, ounces. Wait a minute. Somebody really needs to talk to that tomato. Figure out what's going on there. I need to hear what that tomato is saying.
1: (laughs) Help me. That would be that would be that
0: would be like two big babies. Yes. Seriously. (laughs) (laughs) But even then, 16 ounces, that's a that's a full pound. Thank you. That is a full pound tomato. Yes. One. That's intense. Well, I am growing something new this year. Yeah, what you got? It's called a super fantastic. Super fantastic tomato. Uh,
1: which is a variation of the fantastic tomato. Okay, yeah. This one is
0: super. <laughs> <laughs> is it bigger? Does it yeah. does it provide more fruit?
1: Yeah. What makes it so super? It yields solid, meaty, smooth Ooh. fruits that weigh 10 ounces each. Wow. And it is a indeterminate tomato, so we'll get tomatoes just throughout keep, the year. Just keep going. 70 days, so I'm going to have to wait for this guy, you know. Wow. So that's why I got an early girl and some cherry tomatoes. Yeah, to
0: help tide you to over. wait
1: and see what happens with my super, super fantastic. Super
0: fantastic.
1: I know, but it I sounds can't wait. like it wants to be in a musical theater or something. Completely. I'm super fantastic. <laughs> right. So that's, I've never <laughs> done that. I always like to do something different. And then, like I said, I had these tiny... Little seedlings of black creme. I'm exci- I'm
0: pulling for them. I think they're going to do great. Well, they're a beautiful tomato because oh they're yeah, like, they're gorgeous. They're like a
1: they're like a burgundy, stripey. Yeah,
0: they're just beautiful tomato. I've never
1: had one before, and they're great for sauce. Oh, and so sign me up. So, and I think it'd also be really pretty to have different colors, like if you're making oh, you know a
0: caprese salad oh, yeah. to
1: have different. Oh that, my gosh, I love that idea. Also, so love that idea. Oh. I, we
0: also have a yellow pear. Oh, which is another really good one in addition to the cherry because they fruit early. They're so lovely. That's another indeterminate because they just keep going and keep giving you more and more beautiful yellow pears. And it's I so nice love in a them. salad. When
1: you can have different colors. Oh, yeah. I agree. Nothing, nothing says summer more. A yellow pear. Well, I will trade you. Some black creme for some yellow
0: pear. That's
1: a deal. When they're all happening, I think I'm going to get the better end of the deal, though, because
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Come on, I'm pulling I, yeah, for them. Those black so, crim they're, they're going so to come through. Oh, they're going to come through. They're going to be great. Yay! Uh, okay. <laughs> Unless they're by the cauliflower, in which case
1: I'm not. I will just, not put them I'm just by just the cauliflower. Okay. Just I okay. will find a different spot good, for my black cream. Good.
0: It's important. Yeah.
1: So look at all this promise. I love it. All these wonderful tomatoes. I can't wait. I can't wait. The joy of summer.
0: It's so thrilling. Hopefully it really, truly is.
1: in August, we'll be having BLTs.
0: Oh, I can't wait.
3: Oh
1: my goodness, Karen, guess what time it is. Oh gosh, what time? It's mailbag time. Ring, ring.
0: Because the postman always rings twice. That's right. And today we have a letter from Patrick who says... Though we've been gardening for a long time, we are always making new mistakes. This year, I accidentally dug up the hops that we grew last year. I didn't realize that they're perennials. In my defense, they look a lot like a bunch of the invasive vines we have growing in that area. But the hops were doing their job, and I treated them like weeds. I'll do better next year.
1: Oh, Karen, the times that I have nurtured a weed and... (laughs)
0: Killed, a, dug up a plant that I thought was a weed. I know. I've done it too. Countless. Yeah. Countless. Well, and (laughs) it is one of those things that I'm so very grateful that Patrick said it in his letter to, I'll do better next year. It is one of those things that you just have to, (laughs) you have no other choice. Like Uh you're just going to have to accept the fact that you made a mistake and you'll do better next year. That's it. That's all there is to it.
1: Yeah, you know better. So yeah. So do better. Exactly.
0: Poor thing. Yeah. Oh, and so, It's so devastating when it happens, especially when you're like, oh my gosh, I just killed a thing that was doing really well, mm-hmm. that was actually serving its purpose and doing a really great job, and I just destroyed it. It happens to us all. It really does.
1: Well, friends, if you've destroyed a plant- if you've accidentally <laughs> <laughs> thought something was a weed and killed it, or the opposite, or the opposite, yeah, sure a weed, yep. Uh, will you please write to us at upside down tulips at gmail or at upside Oh, and
0: we want to hear about your tomatoes too. Oh, yes, please. All about your tomatoes, Tell especially us- if they talk to you and you can hear them. <laughs> That's right. I need to know. <laughs> Dearest Christy, I'm in desperate need of inspiration. Do you have any? Well, you're in luck, dearest Karen. This
1: is from W.H. Davies. The more help a person has in his garden, the less it belongs to him. Aww. So,
0: get up there and do it by yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> then you can eat it all. That's right. That's you don't right. give anything <laughs> to anybody, ever. It's yours, and yours alone.
1: <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, I guess, friends, you've reached the end of another episode of Upside Down Tulips. We're so glad that you joined us. We are Karen Slack and Christy Montour-Larsen.
0: And hopefully you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode. And if you did, could you please just do us a favor?
1: Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you're listening right now.
0: And thank you so very much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song.
1: If you want to hear more of her music, just go to to DeniseGentilini.com or you can find that link at UpsideOnTulips.com.
0: Thanks to the many, many varied talents and kind hearts of Abby Bose, John Ashton, and Edith, Edith Wise. And thank you to our excellent yet enigmatic engineer. Join us in two weeks for another episode that will be sure to delight and amaze you. And don't
1: forget, if you make a mistake,
0: your garden will forgive you.
1: Upside Down to Go nugget!